Yes, I understand that if you don't get the USDA recommended dose of greasy burger meat every day, you'll break out in hives, but hives are not really within the purview of my department. No, sir. Sir, honestly, I recommend that you just lick the grease off the wrappers in the wrapper dispenser. This is Mouthful and Ami Von Lai. Every week, I will be having a complicated conversation with a young person about the things that matter to them, things they have written about and shared on stages across the city. And then we will go out into the community and talk to teens, adults, experts, anyone who can broaden the conversation. For teens, it's find a summer job season. For parents, that means it's time to nag your teens to find work season. Because if they don't find a job, not only will they not have any cash, but summer will be spent essentially doing nothing but watching TV, Snapchatting, texting, watching Netflix and Hulu, and lounging around. Sounds fun, but after a few weeks, that can get really boring and drive parents nuts. Not to mention a missed opportunity for a young person to learn about themselves and to set their sights on future career options. And any job will do, right? Everyone has had that job that stinks. You know, your worst job. The job that can inspire you to write a monologue. The job you often find when you're young. Today's monologue is about a job that really does not seem like any fun. Unless you happen to love Greece. Let's listen to Fine Dining by Owen Fox, who wrote this monologue when he was a senior at Masterman High School. No, sir, we can't supersize that. Yes, sir. And yes, sir, I am aware that our motto here at Supersize Me Grease Burgers and Company is we can supersize that. But as it turns out, we actually cannot. Ah, uh, no, sir. No, sir, I can't just put it in the supersizing machine and charge you for a regular order. You know the rules. You don't know the rules? Sir, the Greaseburger Code of Conduct clearly states that the supersizing matter replication grease enhancing device can only be used in cases of confirmed supersizing, as what you were describing is what we in the Greaseburger business call an under-the-table supersizing. I just don't feel comfortable authorizing it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Technically, this is a counter and not a table. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Like we say on our website, we only use organic grass-fed grease injected straight into the burger. No, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, I understand that if you don't get the USDA-recommended dose of greasy burger meat every day, you'll break out in hives, but hives are not really within the purview of my department. No, sir. Sir, honestly, I recommend that you just lick the grease off the wrappers in the wrapper dispenser. Yes, sir. Yes, that is disgusting. That's the life you chose when you chose Grease Burger. Yes, sir. Sir, please stop crying. It's going to be all right, sir. I'm sorry to hear that, but as assistant manager, I'm only responsible for the serving of the grease burgers and not the mental well-being of our customers. I'll have to redirect you to the grease burger grease therapy and psychoanalysis division. All right, sir? 
Yes, sir, the mustard packets are free. No, sir, I don't want one. All right. Of course, sir. Thank you for choosing Greaseburger, and remember, if it ain't grease, give it to the geese. I don't know what that means either. Thanks again. Next! Well, your production team at Mouthful can relate to this monologue because we all have been there. Lisa Nelson-Haynes, Mitchell Bloom, and yours truly had a laugh about it. Lisa, what was your worst job? My worst job was my first job. I was hired at the McDonald's in the Springfield Mall. It's not even there anymore. It was horrible. I think I worked there for three days. I worked the third day. I think they asked me to go clean the boys' bathroom. And I was like, oh, no, no. I didn't use it. I'm not cleaning it. And they're like, excuse me? I was like, I'm sorry. I'm gone. And this is before cell phones. So I just went to a payphone and called my mom and said, you need to come pick me up because I'm not working here anymore. That was it. I I just couldn't. And then the grease from the fries was starting to mess with my skin. So that was another thing. I wasn't, I wasn't going to have all that, that grease and pimple. It was, it was just not worth it. So no, that was, that was my worst job. <laughs> Mitchell, what was your worst job? Um, I don't know if my, my worst job didn't even have time to really go bad because I worked at a subway for two days when I was in high school and it was just like for extra work. And I went in and, and I interviewed with the guy and like I had worked at my family's business before that, but it was my sort of first like non- Christmas tree farm job. <laughs> and, um, you know, we went in and he hired me like 12 hours a week. I was in high school. It was like extra, like a couple nights a week. So I went to two days of training. And then on the third day, before the third day, I went and talked to him again. He was giving me my schedule and he had scheduled me for like 38 hours or something. And I didn't know what to say to him in the moment. I was 16 or whatever. So I was like, okay, thank you, sir. And I left and I called my mom as I was driving to work and she said, okay, I'll call him. Um, and, she called him and then called me back and it was like a 20 minute drive from where I had spoken to him to get. So I hadn't, I was like pulling into the parking lot and my mom called me and she said, honey, come home. You're not working there anymore. <laughs> and, and, and I was like, Oh, okay. I mean, I wasn't heartbroken because two days of subway was enough for me. Um, and, and I said, why? And she said, well, for one thing, he called me Mrs. Blossom and said that if you can't work there 38 hours a week, then they don't want you there. So come on home. <laughs> so that was a short stint at subway. Um, My worst job was probably my first job. I was a counselor at a YMCA at City College, and I was really excited about the job. And the way they placed you with campers was they put us in a big auditorium, and they would call your name, and then they would say, you're with Troop X, and so, or you're working in the art room. So they called everyone, and I'm sitting there. I'm 14 years old, first job, sitting there so excited, so excited. Finally, they're placing the counselors with the (laughs) 14-year-olds. It's okay. They're placing the counselors with the 14-year-old kids, 13- and 14-year-old kids, and they call me to be the counselor of kids who were my age. It was really awkward. I lied and said I was 16. It was weird. Everybody was going into freshman year of high school, including me. (laughs) So the next year, I got the same job, and they did the same thing. I was 15. Now they're going to put with the 14-year-olds. And I said, no, I don't. I want to take care of kids. And so they put me with the 7-year-olds. 
I should have stuck with <laughs> the 14-year-olds. But I remember when I had the job, all I kind of wanted to do was hang out with the kids that were my age, and I was supposed to be in charge. It was really, really a weird job. Ask anyone what their worst job was, and you get a story. I worked construction, didn't bother me. I worked with my father picking up bodies, you know, the funeral home. Nothing. I worked as a waiter, a bartender, liked it. But one day, a guy asked me to help him. For a couple of days, his, his worker was sick or something. Delivering futons to University City, like in the season where they're moving in. The family bought them futons. Some of them were a hundred and something pounds, not the like. And you had to walk no elevators. You had to walk up four floors, three floors, put them in, assemble them. And I wasn't used to that. So I gave him two days, and I said, you better wait till you, your friend gets better. That was the worst job. I, ever, I wouldn't take it if you tripled the pay. I was a waitress on the Mashalu, which is a boat that's made it's into a restaurant. A while ago, right? Yeah, it was a long time ago, and yeah. they made it. They, they made it on. A, they made it into a restaurant. It was a boat, yeah. but it was docked in uh, piers in Philadelphia, yeah, and it was is. pitched to the left, maybe like about ten degrees. So when you walk around with trays of food and drinks, yeah. you know you're basically walking on the, up the side of a hill sideways. Oh, yeah. So it was, yeah, so it was really hard. So it was, oh, you were like walking up and down hills while you were waitressing. I, I never realized. Well, when you're going in and just to eat, that don't bother you. you know? No, sitting is fine, but walking around and carrying yeah. drinks is a little bit so perilous. So you you like your stay I lasted maybe two days. <laughs> like, like I did with the other Yeah, yeah, it was like, this isn't for me at all. But not all first jobs have to be your worst job. And there are organizations to help teens get the right start in the workforce. We met up with Shakima Fillmore Townsend, the president and CEO of the Philadelphia Youth Network, a 17-year-old organization that helps kids get jobs. So the Philadelphia Youth Network is a 17-year-old intermediary organization. And what that means is we partner with different types of providers, uh, community-based organizations, government and policymakers, to achieve a common goal. And for us, that common goal is about how do we create a coordinated system of experiences and learning so that young people become career-ready. And we really focus on... How do we create systems that provide um, access to academic achievement, economic opportunity, and personal success? What is the responsibility of every adult, of every actor, of every community in order to create a space where young people can learn, grow, thrive, and practice those skills safely? Is it difficult for young people in Philadelphia to get jobs? It's difficult for young people in this country to get jobs. So the youth employment rates are, are low in the country. And in Philadelphia, they're, they're lower than the rest of the country. So difficult for young people in the country and more difficult for young people who live in Philadelphia. Why is it more difficult in Philly? The opportunities are not as plentiful. Our systems don't connect as readily. And quite frankly, the resources to meet the scale of the need and demand, uh, the, the need and the demand outpace the resources that are available. 
So what advice would you have for a teenager who's looking for a job and feels really frustrated because they can't find anything? The frustration is real is probably the first thing that I would say. It's very hard to find a job, and that is a part of the job search experience. Um, but persistence and tenacity are valuable in anything you pursue in life. So I would first thing I would say is don't give up. The, the universe is abundant, and it will respond. Um, and that you should be thinking and asking yourselves questions like, what gives me energy? What am I really curious about and I want to learn more about? Who do I know that does that? Who do I admire and see in my community or on TV or in the books that I read or the experiences that I have that I want to emulate and learn from and pursue the path of learning? And that is a really good way to meet other people. And that will help you to network, which is really important. And for those young people who I'm talking to right now, network means meeting people and sharing things in common. So the more people you meet, the more things you find you have in common. The more things you have in common, the more people who can open the window of opportunity for you. And that's why that's really important. Can you uh, talk a little bit about how important that first job is? Certainly. I think that the first job is critical to the development of highly skilled workers and civically engaged um, communities. That first job gives young people not just resources because the money is, is critical and many of our young people need the money to meet some of their basic needs, to meet some of their requirements and the dreams that they have. And so if you hate your job, if, you hate one of, if you're young and you hate your job and it really feels like it sucks, what do you, what do you say to those kids? So if you're young and you don't like your job as much, I say to them, what did you learn about you? So you're ultimately every day on a lifelong long self-discovery mission. So, okay, that's actually fine. I've had plenty of jobs I don't like. What did I, what did I learn about me and what do you want to do about that? Right. And sometimes it is about proving to yourself that you could meet the task and finish it towards the end. Do you have any advice for parents of teenagers who may want to get them off the couch during the summer <laughs> and working? But the kid says, I'm tired. I work so hard at school. I want to rest. I think rest and relaxation is certainly valuable to young people and to parents. Uh, I, I say good luck. Um, no, I'm a, I'm a mom, and I, I don't know if I could speak to all parents, but I could say as a mother, my goal is to always identify what motivates my daughters, right? What motivates the elephant in their head to move? Um, and I try to use those things to promote what I want to see. It doesn't always work. So I think at the end of the day, the parents have to be able to motivate their young people and push them and challenge them, but also be open to how they respond and support them in getting to the same place that you are. At least that's what's worked for me as a mom. But every kid is different. So I say, you know your kid best. You, you are the master at figuring that out. And I will be a cheerleader when you do, clapping and ready for you and, and here with some opportunities as those young people get ready. And so I had to ask Shakima the burning question. What was her worst job? When I was in college, I folded T-shirts at a local place called Stephen Barry's. Um, 
And while folding t-shirts did not give me energy and I secretly sought to be the cashier because for whatever reason I thought that was more exciting than folding the t-shirts, um, I learned a lot about myself, right? That I did not like to do things that were tedious, I, that I really liked hard problems. And certainly getting all the t-shirts in a row was a hard problem when you're not energized to do so, but it wasn't hard enough. Um, I also realized that I didn't like standing around as much. It didn't feel like doing stuff to me. So every experience, I try to learn something. And I would say that to young people, even in the bad jobs, even in the ones that you don't like as much. Pay attention to what you don't like. And use that as a path to get closer to what you really love. Because I'm fortunate every day to do a job that I truly, truly love. And that is one of the greatest gifts I've ever had. But it doesn't start out that way. I had to go through some things to get to that place. Um, but when you find it, it is truly a remarkable gift. And that's our show. Thanks to Owen Fox for sharing his monologue, Fine Dining, which was performed by Tiffany Bacon. And Shakima Fulmore Townsend, the president and CEO of the Philadelphia Youth Network, for her time. I also want to give a big shout out to Mindy Posoff for her tremendous support of our successful Kickstarter campaign. Thanks so, so much, Mindy. See you next time. Mouthful is produced by Lisa Nelson-Haynes and Mitchell Bloom of Philadelphia Young Playwrights. PYP is an arts education nonprofit that taps the potential of young people and inspires learning through playwriting. And by me, I'm an NYU journalism professor, and I also edit Mouthful and Ami Von Laddie. Original music for Mouthful was created by Ill Dutes. To join the Ill Movement, head over to illdutes.com. That's I-L-L-D-O-O-T-S dot com. For episode extras and more information, visit mouthfulpodcastphilly.com. Got that? Mouthfulpodcastphilly.com. And be sure to check us out on Facebook and Twitter at Mouthful Philly. Subscribe and review us now on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud to be sure you'll never, ever, 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 ever miss a conversation. Mouthful is a production of Philadelphia Young Playwrights.